Hey, DMakers, welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. Let's do this. You're listening to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc, where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. Hey, coming up in this episode is Chris Parmalou, uh, who went from basically being an attorney to now controlling over $211 million in assets, 2,700 units, but it took him a long time. And we'll talk about why that was. And this is a major lesson learned, what you're going to learn in this lesson here of how you can really reduce your ability to succeed, become financially free, and build a business that runs without you, build generational wealth, how you can compress that time into just a few months versus 10 years. So that's something that we're going to focus on. You're really going to love this. And we're going to talk about getting into the deal and the mindset. And like so many people got started with investing in single family houses, takes too long to realize it, getting into larger ones and struggling with it. And then finally getting in the syndication, struggling with actually scaling the business, struggling along the way. And I think we can shave years off your journey with this episode. Before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to Carrie Strobe, who left us a review on Amazon for the Yellow Book, she says, Michael Blanc lays the process out step by step, including what to say and when. Hearing how he breaks down the steps of getting into the game has been fascinating because he addressed all my self-doubting objections one by one. It was like he knew my thoughts. And some degree I did, carry because I had a lot of them myself. And we've worked with hundreds of, of, of people since then. And I know what their objections are, the limiting beliefs and false beliefs. And we'll be able to kind of outline that in the book as well. Speaking of limiting beliefs, I want to really help you achieve the next level, whatever that means for you. If you've never done a deal before and you want to learn to do a deal, you actually want to do a first deal and you want to get into syndications, learn to raise capital, then schedule a call with us. You can get to that at themichaelblanc.com forward slash call. And let's explore what your goals are and see if and how we can help you do that. We've helped students acquire over $1.5 billion in multifamily assets since we started tracking this, and we can help you get started in syndication. But maybe you've already done a bunch of syndications and uh, you've raised up a million dollars or so, but you kind of feel stuck. And we're talking about get, being stuck today once you've, doing, you've done some deals and you don't really have a great plan for raising $10 million or $20 million and you're looking for a solution for that, and you're really looking for how do I scale this business? If that's you as well, we have solutions for you. We've helped over 50 people scale their syndication businesses over the last couple of years, and we've kind of created a program out of it. Uh, we feel like we have a, a system, a blueprint for helping you do that. And so if you're in that camp, also schedule a call. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash call. And again, we want to help you achieve that next level and either create financial freedom by getting in syndications or by maintaining and building out that time freedom that you get through building a very large company that raises millions of dollars per year. So check us out, themichaelblank.com forward slash call. You know, and if that's a little bit too much for you, you really want to become active. You really want to say, hey, I want to, I want to, I want to invest passively, then check out our investment company, nighthawkequity.com. Also, you can schedule a call with, with us there. Just go over to nighthawkequity.com and uh, schedule that call. And we'd be happy to talk to you about some multifamily opportunities we have. Also, we have a debt fund that we're just uh, rolling out as well. We're really excited about that. We really want to serve you, the, in, the past investor, better by giving you different uh, risk profiles and different kind of funds to invest in. So if you haven't already, head on over and schedule that call with us. So with that, I want to get into this interview with Chris Parmalou. 
And uh, like I said, he started as a lawyer, went through law school and realized the insanity of what he was doing. And today manages over 2,700 multifamily units. Let's get into that journey and learn from it. Chris, welcome to the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited for this, man. You you uh, you manage what, like 2,700 units? Is that right? That's right. Yeah, 2,700 units in uh, 707 states. That is outstanding. We want to understand that a little bit on how you were able to scale like that, which is really cool. But just give us a little more background, you know, on yourself and and kind of how you got to this point. Yeah. So I was born and raised in a town just outside of Omaha, Nebraska. Lived here my whole life. And then after that, I uh, went to college. After college, I got into law school, actually. I thought I'd want to be an attorney. So during law school, I was in the ROTC for Army. And at night, I was getting a master's degree in negotiation. And I, I, I knew that that's about the time that I read the Robert Kiyosaki Rich Dad Poor Dad book. Awful book. Uh, yeah, terrible, right? I knew it's what I wanted to do, but I was like, you know, in the mornings, the army, during the days, the law school, at nights, the master's degree. I, I got to figure out some other time in my life. So I did a couple of years in the army after graduating law school. And in 2013, I got out of the military, started practicing law and started investing in real estate. That's when I started to implement the purple Bible, if you will. Yeah, it's funny. Like think of, think of everything in life that you do. There's always an opportunity cost. Like you, yeah. you read Rich, when did you read, when, when did you read the book? What year was that? 2008. So five years have gone. I don't by. want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. <laughs> I'm just, but you know, this is, but this is so common, right? Because, and, and the thing is, you're like, oh, I'm already on a track and I'm already on, and I can't change it. Yep. Like, and like, why can't you change it? Like you could now it's hard and your friends are probably going to not understand or your parents are going to kick you out of the house or not, you know, but, yeah. but it's like, it's like, why do we do that? Like, we know it's not eventually we want to go, we would go in there. Like, why is that? I don't know. I, you know, it was, mine was kind of the stereotypical, you know, the attorney and I'm studying and so I'm set. Right. And I mean, 2008, 2013, that would have been a prime time to start oh. buying some. I know. I know. Hey, look, it get worse. I got into restaurants during that time. So my, mine was even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's unfortunate, but I'm glad I started in 2013. Glad it was in 2023. Well, it's, it's you know, better late than better late than, than never. I guess so that's what I meant. The thing, the thing with this is why I say the, 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 off, the book is awful. It kind of messes with your mind and implants a thing about passive income and financial independence. You're like, cool. And then it uses words like cash flow business and real estate. And the, and the reader is now, it's left to the reader to figure out, well, okay, well, which strategy exactly will get me there? And of course, the book is silent. Otherwise, it, you know, you couldn't read it in three hours. Right. And so what do you, you know, and this is what I said, I went into restaurants because that's a cash flow business. Now, I, I know in hindsight, I know it's a cash business, which now is, is different. So how did you, in your mind, you read the book and now, yes, time goes by, but now in 2013, what was your initial real estate strategy? The, the traditional Burr method with a single family residence. Now, just describe that just in case. Yeah, no problem. Room. So, you know, I knew that I wanted to try to recycle the money that we had because we didn't have a lot of money. So we would buy a single family home for $60,000. We'd put $20,000 into it. Uh, we'd rent it out, we'd refinance it, and the bank would say, well, this is worth 100 now, we'll give you an 80% loan. And so that gave me back my original $80,000. $80, now I owned it for free and I'd roll on to the next one. I mean, I learned a lot there too, because I was swinging the hammer myself and everything there. So I, it took me a long time to realize I need to start scaling, but that's how I started. Now, when you first started this, did you think that this was some kind of vehicle to you know, become financially free or was it some, hey, I just want to generate some extra income on the side or I just want to be a real estate investor so I can check the box? Like, What was your plan with that first house? 
I thought of it in terms of what my expenses were. So okay. I try to calculate out like, look, this house is going to make me $150 a month in cash of cash flow. If, if we're lucky and successful on this, and that's going to pay for my electricity bill. And maybe the second maybe the second house I get can pay for a half of my car or whatever. And, and that's what I at first had thought. But to be honest, I had no idea what it would turn into. Now, did those houses actually do that? Not really. Why not? Well, and I for the same reason I'm about to say that I talk to all of our investors now, it's like, some of the pros are that you can keep the same tenant for 5, 10, 15 years, and that's great. But you have one air conditioning go out, that's your entire year's worth of cash flow. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I think, and we realized that on the first house, we had something happen with a septic tank in the back. We had to replace a septic. And we found some efficient ways to do that. But there goes not only that year's cash flow, but probably the next year's cash flow. So that's why it's just, it, there's no scalability. There's no scalability. And and I think, and so what did you do next? You're like, okay, that's not working. I need something else. What was your next step? So it took me four years to to take that next step. Four, four years, years on top of the five. All right. Now, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You just gotta, I'm going to rub it salt in the moon here. Uh, <laughs> first four years, I did a single family home a year. And that's because I was doing everything myself with my dad, who's very, very handy. We were utilizing his home equity line of credit to get into these homes. And so we'd lay the flooring, do the toilets. But at the end of four years, I had four single family homes that may or may not have been cash flowing, which is four more than the most of America. And so I was doing my best. And you had some equity in them. So it's not it's not like, yeah, yeah so you had some equity in them. That's, certainly, that's good. Certainly. Yeah. It wasn't for nothing. And yeah. I spent a lot of quality time with my father too, which was great. That's right. But 2017 is when I said, there's there's got to be there's got to be something better than this. And so I, I applied the Burr method to a duplex. But this time, I didn't tell my dad, actually. I was going to surprise him because he was more of a, he was kind of set in his ways, very smart guy. He would rather see it succeed than me try to sell that it will succeed. So I did it with a duplex and I did it with a 20 unit. In the span of six months, that's a total of 22 units. I got into it, updated it. And with the 20 unit, I started the refinance. So by the end of about 10 or 12 months, so during my fourth and fifth years, I had fully refinanced 22 units and I hadn't even swung a hammer. I hadn't done anything. And that's when the light bulb went off. So how did you get into that deal? Did you, did you still sell finance? Did you refinance from some of the houses? Did you bring in outside capital? How'd you get into that 20 unit? Yeah, so it's, you'll appreciate this. And I know a lot of your listeners will, but all 2,700 units I have, I've never brought my own money. I brought $0 of my own money. Now- that's not technically true. I've put a lot of my money in, but it's come from the real estate income, if you will. That deal, I borrowed $100,000 from a family member and I paid them 10% on that $100,000. And so 12 months later, I gave them back $110,000, but I owned a 20 unit apartment complex for $0. So you're basically applying exact Burr method just to a larger building. And that sounds like maybe it's like $800,000, $900,000 that you bought it for. Yeah, we bought it for about eight fifty. dollars yeah, yeah, that's 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 amazing. So you weren't really actually syndicating money; you were using other people's money. But you were literally—I mean, that's that's how we flipped houses: is you do the you you borrow the money either from private investors or from a hard money lender. You return the money with interest. You refinance or sell, and you kind of move on. That's and you it. decided no. to, do, and so so you did the same thing. You're like, I got to scale this. So I'm going to apply the same technique to something a bigger and just you know just make more money in the process. And then, so what was your aha moment from that twenty unit? Well, then I owned a 20 unit for $0 and I was <laughs> elated. So I, I realized that my list of family members and friends who would list me $100,000 was probably already at an end. 
So I had to start learning syndication. That's when I that's when I realized that. So you realized it because your personal money and your buddy's money, your dad's money was it was over and you needed I could to see I could see it would soon be over. The fact that I proved it at a, a two unit level and then a 20 unit level, there was no doubt in my mind, the numbers and the whole approach, it was going to work for an 80 unit. It was going to work for 180 units. And I knew that because of that, I need to start syndicating these deals. Now, and perhaps my legal background realized that it's important I start doing it right. I didn't mm-hmm. know a lot about the legalities of the syndications, but I knew that it was serious. So I got a hold of a really good SEC attorney and on we went. Yeah. So it took you how many, till that 20 unit, until you realized that you need to get into syndication. How how many years from that first time? So you get five plus four, and then maybe what, another year or so? So yeah, 10 years. years. Yeah. So it took you 10 years to realize that syndication is the way to go. You did. 10 years. And well, if I started right now, I'd know that that's the answer right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, so I mean, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to teach people to get into syndication right away and skip the you know, the single family house investing. But like I said, I'm not, I'm no better than, than you are. You maybe didn't take action and you flailed around flip, you know, doing a burr method. But like I said, I, I spent years in the restaurant business, which failed miserably, lost my shirt. And then I spent three years flipping houses for the same reason you did. I'm like, oh, I'm going to become a real estate investor. I'm just going to flip my way to freedom. And of course you can't. And right. I didn't. I was in the game, of course. But, you know, syndication is a little different. I don't know what you saw is, but you know, when I raised money from private individuals, I would have the money for six months or maybe 12 months like you did for your 20 unit. And then you return it with interest. People understood it was very easy. The turnaround was very quick. Raising money though, when I shifted from that to syndication was a struggle for me because it was a different kind of investor with a different mindset, right? You Now you're locking their money up for whatever, five years, you know, you're giving them equity. Well, how do I know? How do I measure that? And what was that transition from borrowing money to people to actually raising money and raising equity? It, it was frightening at first. He just, you know, learning the syndication process and the PPMs and all these things you had to make sure you're doing correctly, while at the same time having conversation downside of your circle. It was tough. But I, I think one of the benefits outside of me learning lending terms and whatnot over the la- over those first seven years where I hadn't gotten syndication yet was that I had built up some type of track record. Right. It still it was single family or a duplex or a 20 unit. But when we went to syndicate that first 52 unit, at least I had some experience to say, look, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to pool people together. And it was still a little bit friends and family. It was actually a 506B. So at least it was some people that were still kind of in our circles. But it was, it was, I, I can't believe looking back on it now, how scared I was to raise a million dollars. And now I would love the opportunity to only have to raise a million dollars to get into something like that'd be phenomenal. But it's just, it's just take on a new task, take on a new task, learn as good as you can, refine and keep moving forward. Why is it so scary? And then, and then more importantly, how did you eventually overcome that fear? I think one of the things maybe could be the imposter syndrome. Like in the circles we run in people, your listeners, this is all we talk about all the time. We love it. It's real estate. But if you were to stop 10 people on the street, they, most of them are like, I, real estate sounds, I know it's good, but I have no idea even how to get in there. And so when you're talking to these people and you're talking about things you've actually done yourself and been successful on, I feel this way anyway. I'm not a salesman. So when I'm having these conversations, I'm genuine in the fact that, oh, all these things really did go very well. And at the same time, I don't want to sound too salesy. So it was tough. And then again, you don't want to lose their money. So there's a lot of things to make sure that you're doing, setting up the right teammates, right partnerships to, to make sure you're moving forward correctly. 
So you may already know this, but financial freedom is my obsession. I spent years testing out different ventures in my pursuit of financial freedom. I've done day trading, owned restaurants, flipped houses, done software. But eventually, I discovered multifamily real estate syndication. And it's really the only proven way to become financially free with real estate. After doing my first syndication deal in 2011, I was hooked. I started buying bigger and bigger apartment complexes, raising more money. We now own over $350 million in assets. And I want to help you do the same. We teach people from all walks of life how to achieve financial freedom with multifamily real estates. And our students have acquired over $1.5 billion in apartment assets so far. Complete beginners have done their first deal and quit their job, typically within 12 months of working with us, some as early as six months. We've helped experienced syndicators who have done a few deals scale their portfolio to 1,000 units or $10 million raised while working less. Now, if you're looking to do your first syndication deal or you've already done a few and you're looking to scale, but maybe you're struggling to get to the next level, let's talk. Go to the michaelblank.com forward slash call and book a free strategy session with one of our advisors. So what we're going to do in that call is we're going to talk about your goals, where you are now, and put together a custom plan to help you get to that next level, whether it's your first deal or a 1,000 units. And here's the thing. If we decide to work together, then great. Otherwise, you're going to gain an incredible clarity from talking to one of our advisors during that call. Either way, you win, and there's no obligation. So go ahead and book that call right now. Go to themichaelblank.com and book that free strategy session because here's the thing. I really want to imagine how your life will change when you achieve that next level of where you want to be. It's financial freedom, quitting your job for the first time, or building generational wealth with you know 1,000 units or $10 million raised. Whatever that is in the realm of real estate and apartment buildings, we want to help you get there. We can help you make that reality for you and your family. So go ahead and book that call, themichaelblank.com forward slash call. Talk to you soon. How did you, at one point, did you feel like you, re- you became more confident? Closing the first indication. Mm, the 52 unit. Yeah, 52 units. And I actually, I mean, that was just closing it. And as we all know, that's just the start of the work, right? Uh, yeah, and sure. there's still a lot more work. But the fact that we got, I already felt comfortable in knowing how to operate an asset manager, if you will, or at least speak to the property managers, because I've been doing that for years. But getting it all together to close and then start the business plan, once that worked out, we had enough confidence in our team that managing the asset would be fine. So it was just getting through that first red tape. After that, it was like they opened the floodgates for us. We were really excited. Sometimes you just got to do it. It's just simply the activity. And with that, you gain confidence. Now, at what point do you consider yourself becoming a full-time investor? Maybe when you cover your living expenses or maybe you stop doing whatever. Like, what, 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 At what point do you just say, yes, I consider myself financially free. I can now focus on, on real estate full-time. I stopped being an attorney. I took my last case about a year and a half ago. Mm. But for about two years, I was really close with my boss, great guy. And he allowed a flexibility to kind of just make sure you're doing your work, Chris, but you don't have to come into the office kind of thing. So I basically (laughs) had two full-time jobs. Nice. I had the attorney that I was a full-time job on, and then I had the real estate stuff. But it took me two years to basically take on zero cases, but close out those cases. So I would say three years ago is when I said, it's time. And you probably could have quit sooner had you not had the caseload. I would have quit five years ago had I known what I know now. Yeah, that's interesting. And this yeah. is why we have this podcast, Chris, and I have people like you on there because most of us flail around because there's no one showing us the way. You know, just this, this is why this purple book just confuses you to no end and you're sitting around, you know, trying to figure stuff out. And that's yeah. why we do what, what we do. So I, I love that. Now, at what point, here's here's my what I find with a lot of, with most syndicators, they'll do a deal and it's awesome, right? And then they, you know, quit their job, become financial free, which is super awesome. 
but they don't really realize that they're building a business, that they have to build a business, that they actually have to hire people. They have to maybe do some planning. They have to maybe invest in their business. I mean, most people think that the way they scale is to do another deal the way they did last month. And I was certainly that way. And we really didn't have a lot of planning and foresight. And so until you see the wheels coming off, you know, you're like, oh man, I got a problem. You know, and so we're trying to be a little more intentional moving forward. How was that for you? Like, did you realize right from the get-go, man, I gotta, I need a hiring plan, I need a marketing plan, I gotta, I need a pro forma, I need some financial projections. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. It sounds like my my the way we started is a lot like you. We just kind of learned as we went. A lot of hires, you know, you fire a little bit along the way. You're learning what you need. We we didn't project out 10 years right away and say we need a team like this. I mean, right now we're vertically integrated, so we manage half of those 2,700 units. So if you take our property management company and our syndication money, we're at over 40 employees. I can tell you four or five years ago when we started this, having one employee was outside of my concept. Like I, I couldn't even. So I always, I, you know, I tell our investors like the, the purpose of this, you know, and you may have a different opinion on this, but the purpose of this is to not necessarily make sure that our investor or me personally can get to a beach somewhere and do nothing the rest of our lives. I sincerely just want to give people the opportunity, including myself, to do whatever the heck they want to. That's right. So if they if they want to keep being a doctor and be able to turn those lights off when they're done and get that passive income, then invest in real estate throughout those 10, 20 years and build up. If you want to be an electrician, just build up that nest egg. I can tell you this much. I didn't want to be an attorney and I freaking love real estate. So this is my active slash passive career. And so I guess that's what I did not think about was that I was building a business right at first. I had no clue. And so you build multiple businesses. How did that progress for you? And at, at one point, did you do? Did you realize that you actually have to build a business? Like, because I mean, most attorneys or professionals have never had employees before, right? So having yeah. even a, a virtual assistant is like just be, it's like it will blow your mind right there. Yep. So at what point did you realize uh, that? And and then how did you change your mindset or how you went about actually building the business? How did you then build that? It's almost like I'm gonna psychiatry session, thinking back about the lessons I've learned, because it's hilarious how I took me four years to realize I don't need to be the one changing the toilets, but it took me another four years to realize I don't need to be the one doing the books. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't need to be the one who's managing the property. I don't, and I, you know, looking back, I guess I should have made that decision quicker. We hired our first employee in 2020. So, and then it was, that was kind of a catch-all and he's still with us. Nick, mm. Nick's a Great guy. He's and he's he's really heavy into acquisitions now. And then it was a CPA in-house. And now it's we have more acquisitions guys. We have an underwriter. We have a capital raiser now. And I, I think it just as the business grew, and I hate this phrase only because it's used so much, but I I actually live it, is that I realized that I needed to start working more on my business than in my business. And I know that's kind of cliche, but gosh dang, is that true? And over the last three years, now we have 40 employees. So so I agree with you. I think I think you know, you know, in the early days we just try to do deals, and then we realize we have to build a business, and we do everything ourselves, and get a virtual assistant, but we're still doing everything. And then until we realize yet again through you know pain and suffering, yeah, exactly, you know that oh my gosh, I I gotta stop doing everything. I actually have to hire more help. But no, no, I don't. I, I then I have to pay for someone. Then I make less money, and so I'm just gonna keep doing it because sixty thousand dollars. No, I'm I'm gonna keep that money. Yeah. And so we do things on our own for too long. And I, I wish like you, someone would have sat me down, Michael, you're an idiot. Here's what you need to do. You need to hire this out because 
to, to me, and I, I found reading a book right now or just read it, 10X is easier than 2X. Great. I just finished that myself. You know, funny because it, yeah, it, it just came out and, you know, it's like you have to change your thinking and focus on the 20% that's going to get you to the next level. If you're going to do that, you have to give up 80% of what you're doing right now. Uh, if you don't, you will not get to that next level. You're going to continue working yourself to the bone until you burn out. And so, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I actually, Nighthawk, I built with that intention. This is why I have two partners. And now on the educational side, on the training company, I didn't really do that. And I ended up doing way too many things for too, for too long yeah. until I realized that it's, you know, it's that who, not how. I need to have more who's and figure out, you know, and worry less about the, about the house. And so is that something that you've already been able to achieve or something you're working on? We have achieved it in certain areas. I mean, heck, our CPA left a 180-member CPA firm to come over and join our team as our in-house director of financing. Why? Because I hate doing stuff like that. And he's this subject matter expert, right? He's just great at it. Have are we per, have we perfected it? No. But I but you know, it's funny we're having this conversation. Just today I met with some of my partners in one of our other businesses. And the question was, do we have room for a hundred and fifty thousand dollar hire? That's a lot of money. Mm. But we realized it would triple our revenue, triple our profit, actually. Not our revenue, it would triple our actual profit. And we'd earn 5000 less, but we'd earn 5000 less a month than that tripled profit. So it is a, it is not even, it's not even a question. It's just wrapping, looking at it differently. It's not about how much you're, um, it's, it's about how much time you're wasting when you could just pay someone to get it done so you can grow the business. And I guess it's a little redundant, but you, you, you get well, what I'm saying. Can you be more specific about that role and, and why you're saying that this for 5,000 per month, yeah. a $60,000 salary, how, what's the role and, and how would that person result in three times more profit? Sure. So this business, the, the business we have, we have an, another business named Liquid Lending Solutions. It's a hard money business. Oh yeah. It's actually built off of investors, just like our syndications, right? So a lot of our investors will put their money in and we have a fund and whatnot. They're earning eight to 10% or whatever, getting paid monthly. But the the individual that we would use would kind of help build that business by building the relationships with more access to money, some lending uh, relationships, because we already have a line of credit with banks. And actually- act as somewhat of a chief of staff, if you will, of the business to help grow the business to, I hope I'm not giving away too much, but you you want to operate a business as if you would sell it in five years. Not that anybody would, yeah. but if, if you're not operating it that way, there's probably a, a, a loophole or a problem or a, an issue with your business. And it realized that like, if we could just figure out to have that person and remove ourselves from doing the stuff that we sh- typically shouldn't be due, us four owners, we could be out there making the larger relationships, the bigger business building, and it would triple the income. And it's very feasible. I mean, that we've lent out over sixty million, uh, over $55 million already. And that's just us doing coffees and podcasts ourselves. So it's very, very interesting to, to see the amount of money you can actually make when you're willing to lose a little bit at first. Well, it's it's a mind shift uh, from this is an expense to this is actually an investment, and I think that's what exactly. what you're saying here. You know, we we hemmed and hawed at bringing someone over for to to handle underwriting and 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 acquisitions, right? Because we had a partner that was doing it, he's very good at. The problem was when we actually got a live deal, he would go dark for like ninety days to close the deal, do due diligence, and no one's underwriting a deal, right? Yeah. So yeah. we're doing like two deals a year because you know he's out for like six months of the year to to, to consume the deals. We're like, why don't we bring someone on expensive hire? But what if that one hire can result in us doing one additional deal? 
Like, what would that mean in acquisition fees and asset management fees? Like, it, it would not only cover the expense, but it would be a multiple in return on yep. the investment. And I think that's that requires a mindset shift from you know little thinking to more to ten x thinking is really what it is. That's the perfect way to look at it. I, you know, I, I had that conversation with family members and even my dad for a while. It was like, you know, why are we going to flip this house? We'd still rent it out, but why are we going to rehab this house and pay some GC? $30,000, we can do it ourselves for 18. And the conversations we would have is, yes, but it's going to take <laughs> us 12 months to save 12,000. We can make 18,000 on that, or you know, we can make the money and do eight houses this year. Mm-hmm. And so you're right, it's an investment. Yeah, that, that, That's a lot more succinct way to say it, the way you said it. It's just an investment, it's not an expense. Now, to what level has partnerships played a role in your company? I know it has for for ours. We have had partnerships along the way. Unfortunately, in the multifamily syndication, these are not lifelong partnerships. Oftentimes, they yeah. can be, but they don't have to be. And right. they they played a, a pivotal role in you know our history. And I was curious to see what how you've leveraged that or not. It, uh, we have. That's all it has been. I mean, I consider you know, and I'm, I'm not just trying to. I do consider our investors our partners, but we have we've had co GPs. We've had people who we offer people who bring a, over a certain threshold of money to our deals are some some class B shares, so they get they get part of the waterfall. We've taken on co GPs. We partnered with property managers, maybe who they get a part of the class Bs uh, if they work with us on the cost of the property management. We would be nowhere without partners. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk yeah. about maybe pick a partnership and kind of how you structure with a partner. Because people ask, well, how do you, how should I structure a partnership? Well, I'm like, well, it depends. But yeah. maybe maybe give an example. You don't have to be specific, but maybe how you approached it, why why you felt a need for a partner, how maybe you found a, a partner and, yeah. and and kind of how, how it went. Because, I mean, honestly, not all partnerships go well. You know, some of them don't go well at all. But We've give us an example too. where partnership... You used a partnership and it was maybe the right thing to do or maybe not the right thing to do. Yeah, I can I could give a good and a bad. I mean, you know, we, we, we've we always tried to, we, we're not really into the negotiation part. And what I mean by that is, of course, we negotiate nonstop. But what I mean is when we're taking on a partner, it's always great to start in somewhat of a 50-50 route. I'm not saying that should always land there. I'm saying in the past, we have jumped into some partnerships and said, you know, we're not going to argue about 40-60 or whatever. Let's just agree to 50-50. That has bitten us. We've learned a lesson because we realized we were doing a lot more than 50% of the work, but that's also benefited us a lot. And I would actually say more because it shows so much trust right, right away. And I know I'm being general, but I can, I've lived this. It's just so much trust in the other person right away that that other person, if you already feel good about the rapport and the trust, I feel like it almost makes them want to succeed. They're like, you know what? They could have argued this forever. They could argue this for five more percentage points where it's 50-50. We're going to ride or die together, if you will. That has benefited us more than it's hurt us. To give an an actual concrete example of way we've done this with a property manager is that we got a property manager to lower their percentages down to 4%. Now, I understand that may sound market, but the reason it's not is that's all we pay at 120 some units. There's no onsite. There's no workman's comp. There's no general admin. We pay 4%, which usually on top of that, you have all the salary. And in exchange for that, we gave them 10% of our class B shares. Mm. And so the owners of that property management company are not only incentivized to make sure that pro- that, that property is going to perform, but they're going to make sure it performs over our preferred return because that's when they start making more money. And so far, that's really been successful as well. Nice. I love that. 
So what's kind of new for uh, what's what's in the future for you? What's your kind of your, yeah. your your plan for the next you know X years? Gosh, our deal flow has I don't know about I don't know about you, but our deal flow is actually off the charts. We have a lot of opportunities right now. Now, of course, we're all, I'm sure you're running into a lot of problems that we are. There are a lot of sellers who haven't realized that they're holding an asset that probably oh, yeah. isn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. However, we've assumed a lot of great loans. We're assuming a 2.6% HUD loan right now. We're, we just assumed a 4.5% Fannie Mae loan. So th- those are some great ways where we're purchasing some great assets that are relatively new. Seller financing has been huge for us. Interesting. So that $10 million apartment that was $10 million two years ago, it's probably now only worth $8 million. One of my go-tos, whether this is the perfect way or not, I'll show them the performa and I'll say, I- I'm not trying to be rude. I'll sit down on Zoom with you. Let's go through my performa and you tell me where I messed this up because if I'm misreading the numbers, then then your $10 is right. And usually if they'll agree to that, at the end, they'll say, yeah, you're, you're right, but I still want 10 million. Someone's going to pay it. But it is a good segue for me to say, how about this? We just, we know it's 8 million. How about a $2 million seller carry? I'll get you your 10 million. You give a two, $2 million seller carry. And what that helps us do as owners is that we could bring 2 million less to the deal and equity. So that's been really successful for us. And I guess that's a very general way to explain why we continue to stay busy. One more thing I'm really, really excited about right now is a company, well, I say company, but it's called Raven. It's an investment company that we started. It's a company in that it's an LLC, just like each one of your syndications are a company. But the reason it differs a little bit is that it's it's geared towards, it's a regulation A. I don't know if you're familiar, that familiar with the rather- uh, Familiar, we never use it ourselves. Okay. So, and well, this is our first. And so it's, it's, it's a learning curve, but it's proving to be successful. And we're pretty excited about it. The benefit is you can get in. You do not have to be accredited as low as $250. Now you can set that minimum as low as you want. We wanted to set it at 250. And what we did with our company, Raven, is that the purpose is to go out and do what we've always done. My company's Levin Wealth, by the way. I didn't even mention that. The company, our syndication company is Levin Wealth Capital. And we teamed with some solar energy people and we formed a group named Raven. We're going to go out, we're going to buy real estate that we've always bought, that we've always made money at, that we've 700 investors now that we have, have always made money that's in real estate. But on top of that, we're going to install solar and we're going to decarbonize the environment with maybe some also some low flow water mechanisms, maybe some affordability. And so it allows that $60,000 student or even $110,000 first year professional to say, I don't have a $75,000 minimum. I can't get into that regulation D, but here's here's a thousand bucks and and I'm going to make a 10% IRR. That's not a lot, but it's more than any other CD out there. And I get to play around in real estate and decarbonize the planet, which we're pretty passionate about. So I'm really excited about Raven. Yeah, I love that. Every time you have a mission like that, it just it just makes it special and makes it different than every other syndication company out there. That's awesome. Chris, how can people connect with you, find out more about what you guys are doing? Uh, yeah, thank you. So levenwealth.com. So that's L-E-A-V-E-N, like heaven, but levenwealth.com. I'm Chris at levenwealth.com. You can also check out joinraven.com. That's R-A-Y-V-E-N, joinraven.com. Those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. I could talk real estate anytime. So I'm pretty passionate about this stuff. And I, I really appreciate you having me on, Michael. It's been a lot of fun, Chris. Thanks for being on the show. The main takeaway for me is knowledge is key. And, and not only knowledge, right? There's this there's book knowledge, but there's also surrounding yourself with people who can help you get to that next level, who can help you shortcut your journey. And, you know, I pick on Crystal, but I had a good old time with picking on Crystal a little bit. But, you know, like I said in the interview, I really know better 
why do I get into the restaurant business? I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and I get into the restaurant business and I didn't have an advisor or mentor to help me with that. And I think had I done that, that person would have probably advised me not either not to get into it at all or get to it in a different franchise entirely and or grow slower. A variety of things I would have told myself in hindsight that he or she would have told me and I didn't do it. I was like, no, I don't need that. I can figure this out on my own. And I just want to caution you right now is if you are able to invest in yourself in that way, then invest in a mentor or advisor. And this is why we'd love to work with you. You can figure things out on your own. And Chris certainly did, but it took him 10 plus years to do it. And what we can do is if work with you and really show you the way. We have something called the Dealmaker Blueprint that really breaks it down at any level, whether you're doing your first deal or you're going to, or you're scaling to a thousand units. We really have systems that we've built over the last 10 years. It took us this long to figure that out that we want to make available to you. So if you want to explore working with us, go to themichaelblank.com forward slash call and just set up a call with one of our advisors. It doesn't, there's no obligation to do that, but it could create a lot of clarity and give you give you plan for achieving your goals much faster. I'm also at the same time, while I didn't have an advisor for the restaurant business, I did have one for flipping houses. Now, you can argue with the fact that the strategy would didn't work. Okay. But this advisor who was a wholesaler at the time, it wasn't the kind of person to advise me on that. I should have had someone that was already financially free and could advise me on his or her path to financial freedom. And that would have helped. And maybe I would have skipped the house flipping thing entirely. Okay. Be that as it may, my point is this. I did have a mentor for the house flipping. And maybe it's no surprise that after 90 days after my first postcard campaign, I got two deals off that postcard campaign. Now, I made more money on those two house flips than my entire salary at the software company at the time. It was like, it would blew my mind. And I just found every time I have a mentor, things go better. And my return is almost always 10x of what I paid that mentor. And every time I don't have a mentor, typically because of arrogance, because I don't think, I just feel like I can do it on my own and I don't need help. It has not gone well for me. So hopefully that's a lesson for you as well in your own life. Again, it does require some investment of, of certainly time, but also money into yourself. And the best investment you can make is not on a piece of real estate, but in yourself. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out or looking to scale your syndication business or looking to invest passively, head over to themichaelblanc.com slash vault to gain access to our Freedom Vault.